0: Tort law. For most people, this phrase may sound unfamiliar, strange, or even frightening. And if you are a student of fundamentals of commercial law and you don't have an understanding of what tort law is, then congratulations! This podcast is a perfect fit for you. However, if you are not majoring in law, you can enjoy it anyways, probably being happy for not choosing law. My name is Roxora, and I would like to satisfy your interest by introducing the concept of tort law, why it's needed, the categories of tort law, and its differences from other liabilities. But first, let's get started with the definition. Tort law, just as contract law, property law, and criminal law, is one of the main branches of law. But unlike others, tort law concerns itself with injuries to people. Basically, it's an instance of harmful behavior, such as a physical attack on one's person or interference with one's possessions or with the use and enjoyment of one's land, economic interest, honor, reputation, and privacy. The term derives from the Latin tortum, meaning something twisted or wrong. So, a tort is the invasion of someone's rights, which results in harm to them. But before moving on, let me introduce some terminology related to tort law. The plaintiff. It may sound quite unfamiliar, but the plaintiff is the person who has been injured and the one who is suing. You may also encounter its synonyms like a victim or innocent party. The defendant. The defendant is a person who did something wrong against the victim, also called the wrongdoer, or, if you want to be fancy, the tort visa. The defendant is the one being sued, so it's the party that should compensate for damages caused for the injured side. Now, I will introduce each type of tort action in detail. There are three types of them. Claims based on intentional acts, negligent or careless acts, and claims based on strict liability. The first of them is intentional torts. Intentional torts require an intended act by a wrongdoer against a victim. In this situation, basically, the defendant or tort visor deliberately causes harm to another person, which may occur in different ways. And according to tortmuseum.org, common intentional torts include assault, battery, trespass to land, conversion, defamation, intentional infliction of emotional distress, and false imprisonment. Well, assault. Assault is causing fear or harmful or offensive contact with the plaintiff. In other words, you may simply regard assault as threatening. Battery. Battery is causing harmful or offensive contact with the plaintiff. The difference between assault and battery is that assault is putting the person under fear of attack, while battery is physically harming or offensive contact with the person himself or through his property. This tort can also be criminal. For example, if a person batters someone and causes them harm, this is also a criminal act, and the person can be arrested and sued at the same time. Trespassing. Trespassing is an intrusion into a person's land without his permission. Conversion. Conversion is simply making someone's property your own without the owner's permission. Defamation. Defamation is spreading false information about the person that causes harm to his reputation, resulting in damages. The false statement can be written, which is called libel, or verbal, which is called slander intentional infliction of emotional distress. This is actually acting in a way that puts a person in a severe emotional condition. And false imprisonment. False imprisonment is a restriction of a person's right to move freely. It may be keeping someone in one room or just a corner. Now, let's continue with the second type, negligent torts. Negligence, at the risk of oversimplifying, is carelessness. It's doing or failing to do what a reasonable person under the circumstances would have done or not done. Negligence is by far the most common type of tort. Unlike intentional torts, negligence cases do not involve deliberate actions, but instead are when an individual or entity is careless and fails to provide a duty over to another person. Examples of negligence torts – sleep and fall accidents, vehicle accidents, pedestrian accidents, medical malpractice. There are four things that a plaintiff must prove to win a negligent tort case – duty, breach of duty causation, and damages. Duty in this case is providing reasonable care owed by the defendant. If the defendant, or in other words, tortfeasor, fails to comply with what the duty requires, then the breach of duty occurs, where the plaintiff must prove that this breach of duty caused injury in the form of damages such as medical bills, pain, suffering, reduced enjoyment of life's activities, and so on. Now, Let's talk about the third type of torts – strict liability torts. When it comes to it, it has actually to do nothing with negligence or intent. It applies to abnormally dangerous situations. This would include those who work with explosives, fireworks, radioactive materials, or own a control of certain dangerous animals. If a person is injured by a defendant while engaged in these activities, liability is imposed regardless of a defendant's intentions or lack of negligence. Examples of strict liability torts is actually defensive products, or it's called product liability. Defective products' cases are prime examples of when liability is maintained despite intent. The injured consumer only has to establish that their injuries were directly caused by the product in question to have the law on their side. A manufacturer is strictly liable in tort when a product he places on the market proves to have a defect that causes injury to a human being. The purpose of such liability is to ensure that the costs of injuries from defective products are covered by the manufacturer that puts such products on the market rather than by the injured person who are powerless to protect themselves. Other examples of strict liability are animal attacks and abnormally dangerous activities. Okay, imagine that any type of tort violation occurred. How can the defendant compensate for damages? There are three types of remedies which may serve as compensation. And the most common one is monetary damages, which means that the defendant covers the damages financially. The second is an injunction, when the court orders the defendant to stop doing something. And the third one is a special performance, where in contrast to the injunction, the court orders to actually do something. So, those kinds of compensation are usually appropriate when money damages will not resolve the case. After getting familiar with the types of torts, you may have a question, what are the benefits of tort law? LumenLearning.org presents several of them. Compensation to the injured plaintiff. The tort visor compensates the injured, meaning that the innocent plaintiff isn't forced to absorb the losses. Disclosure or wrongdoing. Because trials are open to the press and the public, this is a good way to spread the news and prevent others from being injured. Deterrence. A verdict can send a powerful message to a wrongdoer so that he stops the behavior or modifies or recalls the dangerous product. A verdict may be much more than just compensation because it may save countless other lives. And finally, after getting familiar with the types of functions of tort law, the last thing I would like to tell is the difference between tort law and other liabilities. According to learning torts are distinguishable from crimes which are wrongs against the state or society at large the main purpose of criminal liability is to enforce public justice. In contrast, tort law addresses private wrongs and has a central purpose of compensating the victim rather than punishing the wrongdoer. Some acts may provide a basis for both tort and criminal liability. For example, gross negligence that endangers the lives of others may simultaneously be a tort and a crime. Some actions are punishable under both criminal law and tort law, such as a battery. In that case, ideally, Tort law would provide a monetary remedy to the plaintiff, while criminal law would provide rehabilitation for the defendant, while also providing a benefit to society by reforming the defendant who committed assault. Tort law is also distinct from contract law. Although a party may have a strong breach of contract case, under contract law, a breach of contract is not typically considered a tortious act. So as a little conclusion, I would like to highlight the key factors regarding tort law. Tort law is based on the principle that everyone has certain rights, as well as duty to respect others' rights. And the main purpose is to compensate the plaintiff's damages caused by the defendant's actions or inactions. There are three types of torts, intentional, negligent, and strict liabilities. And tort law cases occur within individuals, while criminal cases take place between the state and an individual. That's was all for tort law. Thank you for your attention.